Lauren Grove from Every Last Detail, and you're listening to the Mountainside Bride Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Mountainside Bride Podcast. I'm Christy O, the editor and publisher of TheMountainsideBride.com, and I am here with Erica Sorrell, one of the top wedding planners in Colorado and owner of Colorado Occasions. Erica's work has been featured on the top wedding blogs in the country, including Every Last Detail and Lux Mountain Weddings. Colorado Occasions offers everything from full-service wedding planning to support for destination brides and a helping hand to brides just getting started in the planning process. She's been honored with the Wedding Wire's Brides Choice Awards in both 2009 and 2010. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christy, so much for having me. So I just want to start with some basics. What are you known for? I would probably say I'm, I'm known for my boldness. Um, you know, I kind of have an adventurous knack and uh, really like to do things a little different. I don't usually follow the status quo or do things because everybody else has done it. I really just kind of go with what, you know, what I want kind of thing. Um, I also have an intense organizational skill, and I'd say I'm a pretty big team player, uh, especially when it comes to wedding planning. That that goes for you know, playing playing well with uh, with others in in the vendor pool and making sure your wedding goes off without a hitch. So you're not running around like J Lo with a headset, bossing people around. No, definitely <laughs> not. And I actually. <laughs> have her in, in my notes for some other questions. So we'll talk about JLo a little later. Oh, too. good, good, good. So as a wedding planner who works on events and gets to work with just some of the most beautiful details of any party, what inspires you? Um, gosh, what inspires me? It really comes down to my couples and uh, being around just passionate people. Um, it doesn't really matter what they're passionate per se, but I just feel like there's, it's so infectious to be around people who are so invested in uh, whatever their, you know, their passion is. It really invigorates me to, you know, do more and be a better person. And uh, of course, I'd have to say um, glitter inspires me quite frequently. So Glitter. Yes. I love glitter. <laughs> Any kind of color? Any kind of color, as long as it's shiny and bright. Nice. I um, I know that it's sort of a trend that's, that's on, you know, the the downside, you know, it's on its way out, but I seriously routinely want to cover everything in gold glitter, everything. Yes, I know. It's, um, it's kind of hung around for a while and I know it's kind of on the outs, but, uh, I think it might stick around for another season or two. And, uh, there's so many things and so many uses you can do with glitter. Yeah. So, glitter's great. Um, so Erica, what services do you offer brides? I talked a little bit about it in the introduction, but you, you tell our listeners in your own words. Yeah, um, I actually specialize in full and partial planning um, with event design. So I'm, I'm more of a, um, a planner that comes in mid-process to the beginning of the process and takes you all the way through. Um, I do have a month of uh, package for brides that are looking for something a little less involved. Um, but all my packages are customized to fit my clients' needs and wishes. Of course, being up here in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, there are certainly different types of weddings and uh, different needs for those brides. So, like what? Um, well, let's say I there there was a client that I had that uh, 
went out and wanted to go into the ice castles here that we have in Breckenridge. That was kind of a little different um, to, you know, to get married and just do a quick little elopement. So um, that wasn't quite as involved as my 200-person wedding up in Vail, where they had to drive up an hour-long dirt road to get to the ceremony spot. So uh, every every wedding up here is different and definitely an adventure. Yeah, Lo- logistics are. I've lived in numerous mountain towns, including one in Colorado, and I've visited nearly every major mountain area in the United States and and also in South America. And logistics, just transportation logistics, getting to and from mountain regions can be really tricky. And, and, um, you know, if you're you're a bride coming from a major metropolitan area, it, it really behooves you to get some help with those logistics. Otherwise, it turns into a junk show real fast. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's not even considering any of our weather <laughs> here in the mountains. It's just going to be a challenge all on its own, regardless of whether it's up a mountain on a dirt road or just coming up from I-70 on our main highway from Denver to, to the mountains. So yeah, lots of stuff going on up here. So for a lot of our listeners, uh, this is the first time that they're planning an elaborate party for hundreds of people, and um, a lot of them don't really know what to expect. They have some dreams, they have some ideas, but there's a lot that goes into a wedding, like you mentioned on your website. Can you just describe what a typical day is like for you when you're working a wedding? Yes, um, absolutely. Well, first of all, no day starts without coffee, uh, or else Mm -hmm. nothing will get done. So I usually (laughs) find time to kind of go through my my schedule and my timing and uh, just take one quick look through all my my documents with coffee and then I'll usually check in with my bride and groom uh, and then head over to our setup location whether that's an install for the reception or I need to get to the ceremony location and make sure that the arch is all set up and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'll also try and make contact with all of the bride and groom's vendors. Um, you know, just to touch base, make sure that we're on schedule and they don't need anything from me before I get there. And then we begin transforming their space and, and you know, into their wedding of their dreams. Um, I'll normally be in jeans and, and a shirt while we're lugging chairs around and hanging lanterns from the ceiling. Um, and this is where I was going to talk a little bit about JLo. I mean, she makes it seem really easy, but uh, wedding planning is definitely involved. It's not, not just hanging out with a, you know, a wireless headset on, kind of talking to people. Uh, I would like to say I'm pretty calm, though, like J-Lo, but I'm still going to be running around throwing your linens on the table and, and making sure everything's set up. So um, we do clean up nicely, though, in time for the beautiful bride to walk down the aisle. So uh, we'll get get all gussied up and pretty ready for the ceremony. And then after the ceremony and dinner is served, you can usually find me standing along a wall watching the party get down. I'm a great people watcher, so really it's fun to kind of sit back and, and watch the party and everybody enjoy themselves. So, And do you, do you, you dress up? So you look, you know, like one of the wedding guests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our typical uniform at Colorado occasions is a black dress or black slacks and black sweater. So we try and, uh, you know, just kind of meld into the background, but definitely professional when it comes to ceremony and, and, uh, and reception time. We just, you know, we're not, we're involved wedding planners here at Colorado Occasions. We're not, you know, just going to be pointing, pointing fingers to, you know, people directing them. Um, we're definitely a point person and, and in charge and we'll make decisions, but we're really there to work and, and get things set up for you. So. And how big is your team, Erica? 
Um, right now, it's me and one steady assistant. I do bring on a couple other girls additionally if I need to. Uh, let's say if the logistics are really uh, intense, like this veil wedding that they had to drive up, you know, an hour dirt road for the ceremony. Well, the reception was back down in Vail Valley, um, again, over an hour away, and I couldn't be in two places at once. So I had my assistant with me for the ceremony, and I had a couple other gals setting up the reception spot. So it just kind of depends, but um, for sure, there's me and, and one girl that I've been working with for a few years, and she's wonderful. So when a bride hires you, she's hiring you. You don't outsource that. You don't assign it to somebody else. She's getting you. Absolutely. Um, I, I take one wedding per, per weekend uh, because I do want that bride to be my sole focus. Um, I don't know how some other planners do it, doing multiples per weekend. Uh, that's just too much for me, and that's not the kind of attention or service I want you know, to give my clients. So when you're, when you're hiring me, you're getting me, and uh, it, I usually bring an assistant with me anyway because there are moments when you need to be doing two things at once, and one person cannot do that. So that's, uh, that's our standard protocol here. So what kind of bride chooses Colorado for her wedding? Gosh, I would say brides that get married in Colorado usually come here for our, you know, our incredible scenery. Um, we have some of the most gorgeous views, mountain views, um, you know, around. That's why I live here. Uh, it's just gorgeous. They probably love being outdoors and very active. And they probably enjoy doing stuff in all four of our seasons. Um, we're very blessed to have four seasons here, and they all are very different. But um, usually Colorado brides love and appreciate all that Colorado has to offer. Um, they're probably pretty bold, playful, and probably very happy. Um, I'd also say they probably don't mind getting a little dirty either, since most of uh, Colorado brides you can find hiking up hillsides you know, in their wedding dresses to get that killer first look picture, you know. <laughs> I, I love those. And I also have noticed that there's a lot of um, bride and groom uh, skiing pictures coming out of Colorado all Absolutely. of the time. They're so fun. They're such fun couples. Absolutely. Gosh, I just did one last April. Um, and they literally, with her dress, she actually had a, she had some friends. She was from New York. Um, and she had some friends that were in the costume industry for, you know, all the, the theater and plays that are out there in New York City. Um, but they actually had her fashion her dress with grommets and a pulley system to hike up her dress. Because her and her husband, after they said their I do's, went up to Keystone Mountain and took a couple laps. So she was out there on her board with her dress hiked up and uh, nothing but a scarf around her neck. So That is so fun. It was awesome. That is so fun. So... You and I sort of talked a little bit about this in the beginning of the podcast, but there are some real special considerations for getting married in the mountains um, and in Colorado in particular. You know, the Colorado Rockies are different from the Smokies and they're different from the Sierra and California. And, you know, each mountain region has its own little seasonal and transportation and weather quirks. What are some special considerations that for getting married in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely, gosh. Um, Colorado is known for its wacky weather. Uh, we can be having a blizzard one day, and it can be completely sunny with no snow the next. Uh, same thing for the summer season. We tend to have, you know, uh, intense thunderstorms one minute, and then 10 minutes later, it's nothing but blue skies. So um, the only thing I'd say you can really count on in Colorado is that the weather is always changing. So uh, a huge consideration when planning these weddings are plan Bs. 
and backup indoor locations. They're kind of a necessity. Um, you, can't, you can't really execute a wedding here without one. Um, and I, I'd say I'd probably have used backup locations probably about a third of the time here. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of the, one of the names of the game if you're going to get married here in Colorado. And, and I would add to that just from uh, my reader, uh, it, or I'm sorry, my um, Mountainside Brides, when a wedding gets submitted to me, the Mountainside Brides usually give um, their hindsight advice. And mm -hmm. many of them say that they wish they hadn't worried about the weather. I, I think it really helps if you just prepare for the fact that, right. you know, if it rains or if it snows during your summer wedding, it's all going to work out, especially if you have um, the expertise and help of a skilled planner. She's going to make it all great. So there's no sense in worrying about it for weeks before your wedding. Just, you know, let it go. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things to be prepared with. Absolutely. I agree. And like I said, I've only used it probably a third of the time, but we've always been prepared for it in case it does happen. Um, so, you, I mean, you never know that the same thing goes for, I mean, that, that, that didn't even really touch our, our fall and winter, which, you know, snow could fall at any time, just making logistically it hard for vendors and guests alike to get up, up the hill here to the mountains. That, sure. that can be a huge challenge and it's just a consideration to be mindful of. Sure. They just canceled the Olympic qualifiers for, um, U.S. snowboarding out of Breckenridge because Breckenridge got so much snow over the weekend mm -hmm. they couldn't clear the half pipe you right. know fast enough and so yeah when it snows in Colorado it snows in feet <laughs> yeah it yeah absolutely absolutely but then you know we can have uh, all that snow in the next days where we've got beautiful sunshine and it's melting off the road so it's just something to be prepared with be mindful of it I suppose do you have any um, recommendations that you give brides and their guests in terms of packing for a Colorado wedding? Like what kind of clothes? Do they want to bring multiple layers, sunscreen, sunglasses? What are your recommendations? Yeah, definitely sunscreen, definitely layers. Um, layers are great because, you know, it can start off really sunny, but as soon as the sun goes down, it gets really chilly. Um, so just being prepared to adjust to the fluctuating temperatures and uh, weather pattern. Uh, is definitely a must. And, you know, we are at 10,000 feet um, up here in Summit County in some of the areas, and uh, you're very close to the sun. So the sun rays are definitely stronger here. And while it may feel pretty nice and warm, you don't realize how intense the sun rays are here. I mean, uh, they just, they can get you really quickly. Yeah. Um, along those lines with being at 10,000 feet, you have to be prepared for altitude sickness. And uh, just adjusting to the altitude, especially if you're coming from a lower elevation and a, even a sea level elevation, it really affects um, your breathing and uh, also your alcohol consumption. People don't realize how hard alcohol will hit you up here uh, since we have less oxygen and, and all that good stuff. So it's definitely something to be mindful of, too, for your guests. They really need to be prepared. Very, very good tips. And I wrote an article because I also, our town sits at 7,500 feet and the top of our ski mountain is at um, 11,051 feet. Mm -hmm. And I wrote an article on altitude sickness that I'll link to in the show notes. Yeah. Erica, what is the first, now there are opinions all over the internet about this. You know, bloggers have their opinions, wedding planners have their opinions, I have my opinions, but in your experience, 
What is the first thing a bride should do when she starts planning her wedding? Please, please, please make a promise to yourself and your honey to remember that, that when you're in the thick of wedding planning, what you're actually planning this wedding for. I mean, it isn't, you know, it's, it's great to, um, you know, be planning something beautiful and, you know, you think fun and, you know, the wedding of your dreams. Um, and it's about the wedding and all its beautiful details. But more importantly, it's about you marrying the man of your dreams and beginning your life with him. Um, so many brides tend to forget this and get caught up on material, non-important things. And, and, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't love those pretty wedding details. <laughs> but too. I also believe in the purpose behind the celebration is much more important than anything else throughout the entire process. So when you get into, you know, before you even start with this, just remember or tell yourself, make a promise to yourself that you're going to remember why you're actually planning this wedding. And, um, you know, I know we could probably... Uh, if we were going to say specifically to wedding planning, because um, I prepared for that too, but I just, I really want to get the point across. It's, it's, it's so important to really remember why you're doing this, uh, especially because it's, it can be a stressful, emotional, and overwhelming time. Um, but really the main purpose is to get married. So just remember that. But uh, as far as actually wedding planning goes, I'd say uh, step one of uh, wedding planning is to determine your budget. You need to get it outlined, decide who's contributing and what you're going to put your, you know, your, your money towards. What's the most important things that you really want for your wedding? Every couple's different, whether that's the food, the entertainment, the bar, um, you know, the pictures, the videographer, whatever it is, outline the top three most important things. Um, and, and getting that budget defined is going to, I mean, everything goes back to your budget. So the first thing you should have is your budget. Yes. And it's yep. the hardest thing to do as well, because on the one hand, you're you're experiencing sticker shock. You're, you know, like <laughs> I uh, I just bought a, for example, I just bought a um, a uh, brand new 2014 Subaru WRX, mm -hmm. and I could have bought that, or I could have paid for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, I have nice big car loan payments for five years right now. And so I know that when people first get engaged and start looking around, they see the average cost of a wedding is typically around $30,000 for, you know, soup to nuts. Right. Um, and that seems like, oh my God, I, I can't afford that. But boy, you've got to figure out what you can afford and when. Otherwise, you're just going to start spending money willy-nilly and you, you're going to end up spending more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're, everything revolves around that budget. It matters and you really should stick to it. Uh, shameless plug here for wedding planners. I mean, wedding planners are great at, at, at keeping you on budget and keeping you within range. But it's also important to, um, you know, to get those three top things defined because you are going to have to, working with a budget, there are things that are going to have to give, right? But if we've got our priorities set and you know what you want to spend your money on, it's going to be much easier for you. Okay, so that's a great segue. I have my own ideas about this. And one of the biggest hindsight regrets that I see from mountain brides is they didn't hire a wedding planner. But tell us why you think a bride should ha hire a wedding planner. Well, absolutely. I mean, there there's plenty of weddings that have, have gone off without a planner, and they've been fine. But I guarantee you someone, whomever is carrying that burden of being the pseudo-planner, whether it's the mother of the bride, the maid of honor, or the bride herself, 
she was entirely stressed and didn't fully enjoy, you know, her wedding planning process or her wedding day. Um, and so I think one of the biggest things is also just wedding day management um, for the simple fact that, you know, we can be there making sure the cake arrives and then it's correct while you're, you know, getting ready to be a bride that day. Um, I also like to use the comparison that having a wedding planner is like buying a new car without a steering wheel. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. You need somebody to be able to drive the car that, you know, it's your wedding. Uh, it's not going to drive itself. You know, the car needs somebody there to kind of direct the show. Um, it's also, you know, wedding planners are there to protect your investment. You've put a lot of money on all these other vendors and, uh, having somebody there to make sure that it, it's, you know, the vendors keep their, their contract to you, that they, you know, provide the services and the, the items that you've, you know, purchased from them or rented from them. Um, you know, we're there working for you. We are representing the bride and groom. You know, um, we're good mediators to any situation. Uh, the, you know, wedding planning can be an overwhelming experience, and you might not know what to ask of each vendor. And uh, that's why, you know, we're there to help. Uh, we also have great, great vendor relationships. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, maybe not, I'm not talking in the way of like kickbacks, but, you know, we've got the connections in our, our local areas. And we also are qualified to match the right vendor for your style, personality, and certain budget. And to that point, it's been my experience because I also work with um, vendors throughout the, the whole, you know, wedding planning process, including um, DJs and photographers who end up being ad hoc wedding planners, day of wedding coordinators, um, oftentimes. And I would just like to underscore that A-game players like to work with A-game players. And the top wedding photographers and top DJs in particular, but also to a certain extent florists that I know of in regions like Colorado and Asheville and the Berkshires and Lake Tahoe will not work with a bride who does not have a planner. Right. They they won't. They 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 will ask you point blank. Do you have a planner? No. Well, I'm not signing a contract with you until you do. And so, you know, part of that is, and and I know that this is going to chafe some brides that are just new to wedding planning and just starting right. out. But you right. know, part of getting a wedding planner is to get access to the best vendors that you can afford. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I seriously, I go back to the point. It's those vendors want to have that point person as well, just as much as, you know, the bride wants just, you know, one one person to really deal with as you get down to, you know, uh, the last few weeks before the wedding day. You don't really want to spend your time talking to your your eight to, you know, 15 vendors. Uh, instead, you can just talk to one planner. But uh, you know, your vendors appreciate it too, especially um, when you've got a, a planner that's, you know, a team player. I mean, the ultimate goal, right, is to um, have you, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. All mountain people have dogs. The, the dog is down the street, so sorry about that. No worries. Um, I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Sadie. <laughs> uh, we were um, talking about how vendors like to also have a planner so that it's organized and they have a point person. They know who that point person is. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll just wrap it up at that. They do like to have that one person kind of, you know, leading the ship, steering the ship, driving the car, whatever you want to say. Who knows what they're doing? 
Yeah. Who's absolutely. done it before. <laughs> absolutely. And, and one last thought to it is, you know, we're, per, you're, you're, we're your personal quality control. You know, we're going to make sure that everything is set up the way that it's supposed to be set up. You know, we're kind of your good quality control there. So there's some confusion out there about the difference between a day of coordinator and whether it exists, a wedding planner and an event stylist or designer. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between those? I can, absolutely. Uh, the first thing that I really wanna stress and address is that there is no such thing as a day of coordinator. Um, how can you expect somebody to come in a couple weeks before your wedding and know everything that you've spent sometimes years planning. Um, it's just not possible. Uh, a professional wants to know all the details, cross the T's, dot the I's. Um, there, you know, the industry is moving towards month of coordination, which there are actually planners that specialize in it. I do offer the package, but um, like I, I mentioned before, I specialize in full and partial planning. Um, so, you know, a day of coordinator, and I also want to stress here that a venue coordinator is not the same thing as a day of coordinator. Very true. Um, you know, venue coordinator is usually just there for uh, for her venue, and that's fine. And they can do a lot of things, like maybe they're going to set out your your favors, and maybe they're going to tie your chair sashes, and that and that's fine. Um, but they're not going to coordinate with your other vendors. They're not going to make sure that the cake gets there, you know, on time, and they're not going to, you know, sew up everything for you a month before your wedding. You know, there is a difference there. Um, an event stylist or designer, they, um, how, I, how I view them is they're more of a design eye than a logistics troubleshooting type planner. Um, not to say that there aren't designers that are both great planners out there. I want to be clear about that because there is. But if you're hiring an event stylist, they're going to focus on, you know, more of the visual appeal than, let's say, the operations side or the flow of the event. You know, they're not really there to, you know, create your timeline. They're gonna make sure it looks really stinking beautiful and gorgeous, but uh, they're not maybe the pros on how we're gonna get to that spot. So the planner builds the house and the designer paints the walls? Absolutely, thank you. That's a perfect way of saying it. Good. So how does a bride figure out what she needs in terms of a planner, a, co a month of coordinator, or a uh, stylist? Well, I mean, I think she needs to look at how much time she has. Um, I think, you know, the number is somewhere around 250 hours to, to plan, you know, the typical wedding or the average wedding. Uh, and that's a lot for brides that have, you know, full-time jobs and grooms that have full-time jobs. Um, they really need to, you know, see if they have the time for it. And uh, also, you know, how they want to enjoy this process, if they want to be doing everything themselves, or if they're going to want some guidance throughout, you know, along the way. Um, yeah, I'd say that those are the biggest things. Just looking at your time and, and, uh, and what kind of experience you're kind of wanting out of the whole process. And what are some of the biggest misconceptions out there about hiring a wedding planner? Oh, the biggest one is that they're a luxury and that you can't afford one and they shouldn't really be a part of your budget you know they're that one thing that can get cut and I would really you know I beg to differ because they should be a part of your budget not not that extra cuttable thing uh, especially for people with a budget you know they're gonna help you stay you know on budget and save you time save you money um, 
and uh, keep you going in the right direction. I really feel like, uh, you know, people think that they're, they're a luxury and, and we're really here to, to help you and support you, you know? I, I would also say I've been to weddings with planners and without, and I don't, this is just my personal opinion, but it seems to me that when a planner is on site taking care of everything, the guests as well as the bride have an easier time relaxing and enjoying themselves. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I just wrote an article uh, the other day on every last detail about, you know, things that your wedding guests hate. And um, because essentially, yes, the wedding is about you as the bride and the groom, but you're inviting all these people to share it with you. And so there are definitely times when without a planner, moving the, the whole event forward or without the proper organization or uh, kind of crisis management, if there is anything that we need to take care of, you know, guests feel disorganized and they need to be led somewhere. Without a planner, sometimes they can just get lost. So definitely agree with that. Erica, what do you think about the DIY and handmade trend? Well, I think it's very doable and it can you know, totally customize a wedding for the couple, I mean, to the couple. Um, but what I do want to stress is it can be more daunting than you think. It can be more time consuming. You get, you know, stuck on a project, but then when you have to do, you know, that one thing 150 times for each guest, the time really adds up. Um, so it can be very time consuming. You might not be completely happy with the results when you start getting into it. And it does really have the potential to cost just as much as a professional for the service and you have all the stress of getting it done. So um, as long as you're willing to take it on and see it through its end, I think there has been some amazingly beautiful um, handmade and do-it-yourself weddings. But uh, just be prepared to really acknowledge everything that goes into it. Are there any areas that you recommend brides think twice before they DIY? I would say any sort of food or cake, <laughs> anything that you're going to be having to cook fresh and have it available for your guests. That's just a very complicated uh, thing to get done yourself. So a lot of brides that uh, get married in Colorado are destination brides. Do you have any advice that you can give to destination brides in particular? Yes, I'd say the, the biggest thing would be to talk to locals, local professionals um, in the industry. There are locals everywhere and, you know, they're going to, they usually live and work in the same location and they kind of are the insider um, on, you know, everything up there in their area. I would also suggest doing your research, especially in regards here specifically uh, to altitude sickness, the weathers and uh, the shoe wear. I can't tell you how many times I've done, you know, mountain meadow weddings and I've got girls in tight cocktail dresses with stiletto heels. <laughs> Does not work up here. So, you know, do your research and make sure you're getting the information out to your guests. They need to know as well, you know. Um, I'd also suggest taking your time when hiring your vendors. Make sure you're entirely comfortable. There are different types of personalities and services and different vendors out there. So really take your time when hiring them, you know, uh, ask them if you can Skype with them, if you can't meet them in person, check, you know, all their reviews online. And if you found some of those other vendors who you've already hired that you love and connect with, ask them for their recommendations. But really make sure you take your time when hiring them because they're going to be 
with you in the most intimate day of, you know, one of the most intimate days of your life. So you want to like them. That and is such good advice. One of the um, biggest reader questions that I get in my um, surveys for my newsletter sign up is, how do you plan a destination wedding when you can't, when you can't be in the, at the town all the time interviewing vendors? Um, I heard you mention Skype. Do you have any other recommendations for that? As far as utilizing Skype or? No, in terms of like, how do destination brides um, review their vendors when they can't be there all the time? You mentioned Skype mm -hmm. and uh, asking for vendor references. Do you have anything else or are those like the top tips for that? Um, yeah, I would say that the, those are really the top tips, uh, excuse me, top tips uh, to, to doing it. I would also, you know, check and see where, where they have been involved in other wedding stuff. Are they on, are they features on other blogs? Are they, do their, does their name pop up quite a bit when looking at um, like local Colorado blogs and, and things of that nature? Um, just, I mean, use social media and all it has to offer, you know, there's a, there's a lot of information, but I also want to throw out there to, to be forewarned too. I mean, there's just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true or valid, but um, <laughs> definitely, you know, just do your due diligence, you know? Such good advice. I love the Skype thing. That's so brilliant. Yeah. What? I do have Skype consultations. It's um, it's great because it, it puts a face with a name and a voice with a, a face, you know? Uh, and it's a little more intimate than just picking up the phone and calling. You can actually interact and see, you know, their body language and all, and all that good stuff. I, I Skype quite a bit. So, so brilliant. Now, switching gears a little bit, do you have any advice that you typically give brides who are concerned about their budget? No matter what their budget is, all the brides are concerned about their budget. What advice do you have for them? Gosh, ladies, the biggest budget determinant is the number of guests that you have. So... Um, if you're really concerned about your budget, start with your guest list um, because exponentially every every guest that you add adds that much more. Uh, it adds a whole nother table, it adds a whole nother linen, it adds a whole nother centerpiece. Um, so just that is the first thing to really, I would say, focus on is your guest list. Uh, of course, the second thing I would say again is hire a planner. We're expert at managing budgets, whatever they may be. Um, we're here to help you and get you, you know, to the right vendors to fit within that, that budget. So we'll, we'll save you time and money. I promise. That's good advice. That's in that. I think that's something that's often overlooked in terms of once you have a budget, you hand it over to your planner. She's going to work really hard to get you the best, um, the best for your money and keep you in budget. So very, very good. I mean, it's same with uh, just hiring a quality vendor because there are vendors that don't charge as much that are still going to be a quality service and product. You know, it's not just finding the lowest charging vendor. It's going to be finding one that's trusted and known and will do a good job for you, too. You've talked about the shoes. You've talked about losing sight of the meeting of the wedding. Is there anything else that you see brides doing time and time and again that is just unproductive? Yeah, um, I would say probably uh, the most frequently I see brides not listening to the professionals, whether that's their caterer, whether that's their planner, whether that's the florist, whoever it may be. Um, or the event rental company, 
this is, you know, this is our career. This is our profession. We know what works and doesn't work, especially if we live and work here in the mountains. There are special, um, you know, considerations that need to be to be had when you're coordinating a wedding up here. Um, you know, if you're not going to listen to them, then why why would you hire them? There's a, you know, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. Do you have a story you can share? Everybody loves to hear about carnage. Uh, yeah, I well, I mean, where do I begin? I just there was one in particular that hired hired me to coordinate their wedding and um she just kept adding and adding more guests and I was like your venue's getting full I mean this this one was like a train wreck okay they booked a venue that held 175 people for their ceremony and we ended up with a guest list of 350 people so we had to turn away guests who drove an hour to get to the ceremony location and then when they got to the uh, reception location because they were so over their number of guests that they couldn't afford to have any food for a cocktail hour. Um, and then, you know, the mom had a uh, slideshow that she made and slideshows are great, but not everybody wants to be forced to watch them. And she wouldn't let the caterer serve the food until everybody watched her 20 minute long video. So the food was cold and uh, we had to wait till it got dark in the venue because it was all windows and you couldn't see it without it being dark. Oh my gosh. And all the time you were encouraging them gently to rethink these decisions, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and you know, it even goes further to some of the vendors that they hired. They hired, you know, a cake vendor that I knew was not, did not offer a quality product. And I told them they have been known to have their cakes fall. And uh, she ended up hiring this vendor anyway, and their cake did fall before she even had a chance to cut it. So, so many things happened. I actually added a clause in my contract after this bride because then they came back to me and said, well, why didn't you tell us this? And I sent them all the emails with my advice. And so I added a clause in my contract that says not responsible for advice, not heated. If you're not going to listen to me, then why'd you hire me? So good for you. We're the experts in what we do. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to listen. And the, and the thing is, is that that couple can't do it over. There's right. no do-over. It's yep. once. It's one time, one shot. That's it. Done. Yep. It was quite, an, and you know, the whole time she, you know, she was, the bride was not enjoying her time. It was kind of that one wedding of mine that I just, I learned a lot from, um, but it was that one that just kind of, ugh, it was, it was crazy. You got to love those clients though, that help you tighten up your contract. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I learned, you know, and gosh, it even went down to, I, I made, I asked her like multiple times, who are we sending your gifts home with? And then she didn't charge anybody, you know, to carry all of her gifts. So they went in eight different cars. And I said, I just want you to understand, I am not responsible for these gifts going into eight different vehicles. And, uh, she did come back and say, well, well, where's some of these gifts? And I said, well, I don't know. They went into eight different vehicles, you know? So just the whole thing was crazy, but, uh, you know, we usually have a reason for suggesting the things that we do. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have war stories for days. Well, it's funny cause, uh, I had a recent bride who was published last week. She had a beautiful wedding and she was very happy, but the one thing she regretted was her DJ. In fact, um, she wanted to have a cocktail hour out, um, on the patio under a tent and this is a Colorado wedding. And the DJ said, you know, I've been, I've worked this venue before because, you know, he was setting up his equipment for the, the cocktail hour. And he said, it gets windy at this venue during the time of your wedding. And, um, you know, not only 
will my speakers be compromised? But, you know, it's just not fun for the guests to be, you know, and blow back your hair wind. And she said that she didn't care. She wanted her cocktail hour out in the patio. And it was so windy that the tent blew over. And they oh. just had to, like, evacuate everybody out of the, the cocktail hour oh my place and into the inside. And, she, you know, she's – I want to say that it's been my experience that most mountain brides are fairly good-natured. Not everybody is, but most – and so she, she took it in stride. But she um, she wrote about it. And she was like, oh, you know, I should have listened to the professionals. They do know what they're doing. They have worked those venues before. Absolutely. There are those nuances from, that just come from experience. There's no other way that you can learn some of these things um, without just literally having to go through the experience. And uh, I think that's one of the most invaluable things about hiring your experts is because they've been through it all and they know how to handle the situation, whatever, whatever arises, you know. Absolutely. Erica, just, just wrapping up, other than enjoying herself on her wedding day, which is very important, what is the most important thing a bride should remember? Um, I kind of had a little fun with this. Um, definitely my answer to it is to make sure that you're eating during the day. Oh, um, I know that's not the biggest tip, but um, I've literally had brides ruin their formal pictures and pictures in general because they didn't eat and passed out. So, um, you know, there's nothing worse than feeling sick uh, on your wedding day. So, um, you know, by not eating on your wedding day, you're not going to lose any extra pounds to fit in your dress or anything else. It's just going to make you tired and uh, not enjoy and feel pretty, you know. It's just it's like you're sluggish and, and you need that energy just like you do on any other day, especially on your wedding day. And combined with altitude and drinking, it, it is a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. And you then can just get be, really sick. Yeah. The last thing I just wanted to mention is to really trust your professionals that you have on that wedding day that you've assembled. You know, you've done your research. Hopefully you, you know, picked vendors that you're really excited and happy about. Um, you know, trust them to do to do their jobs. Uh, nothing is worse than having a meddling bride or the bride sending her bridesmaids to check on the planner. Um, I, I definitely understand coming to make sure things are going as planned and you're excited and everything else, but just really let your vendors do their job. Such good advice. Erica, thank you so much for being on the show. You have offered some eye-opening advice about what really happens when you have a, a wedding in the mountains, and I just thank you so much for it. Well, thank you, Christy. It was um, it was a pleasure, and it really you know it's it's wonderful to live and work up here, and to and to get this information out to brides. It's so important to educate brides, uh, especially ones that are coming up into the mountains to to have their wedding. Um, with, there's so many things that you don't uh, find in other you know metropolitan areas, so it is very important to you know get the information out. Absolutely. And that concludes another episode of the Mountainside Bride podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Did you know you can subscribe to the Mountainside Bride on iTunes? Just search for Mountainside Bride and subscribe. And if you're a top wedding blogger or a mountain wedding professional and have some of your own insights and advice to share, please email me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E at mountainsidebride.com. Thanks again for listening. While I'm trying to be, the word is calling me. The word is calling me.